0: Hey there, it's Adam Schell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast. At Melbourne Heights, we are growing closer to God together, and over the last few weeks, we've been doing that by taking a closer look at some stories from Jesus' life. But in this week's sermon, we're going to take a little detour. You see, over the last year at Melbourne Heights, we have found ourselves in uncertain times. But last week, God moved and showed us that He is faithful to His people. So we spent Sunday morning reflecting on how God has led us through these uncertain times and celebrated the future that God has in store for our church. So this week's sermon is a reminder that even when things are out of our control, God is still in control. So let's get to the sermon. So back in November of 2017, I stood on this stage and that morning I delivered the hardest message that I have ever had to preach in my ministerial career. That morning, as we gathered together, we talked, and we took a hard, long, hard look at where we were as a church. And the picture that we saw that day wasn't very pretty. We were six months away from running out of money, six months away from closing our doors. And the fact that we're still here 14 months later is a great testament to how great God has been to us as a church. But that morning, I told you that the only way for us to continue to follow God's calling for us as a church, which is to continue to grow closer to God together, that our only course forward was to look at selling our property and our building and relocating into a new facility. Ever since that Sunday, 14 months ago, we have found ourselves living in a continuum. On one side of this continuum, there is fear and anxiety, and on the other side of this continuum, there is excitement and there is hope. But if we're being completely honest this morning, we can all admit that we've spent more time over the last 14 months on this side, the fear and anxiety side of that continuum, than we have spent in the excitement and that hope side of the continuum. Truth of the matter is, I've been more drawn to that side of fear and anxiety over the last 14 months, and there's a good reason why this is the side that has been pulling us over the last 14 months. The situation that we find ourselves in, it's scary. It is. The situation we have found ourselves in is scary. And it's scary because so much of what has been going on, so much of what has needed to happen has been beyond our control. Over the last 14 months, we have not had a lot of control over what has been going on. Because let's be honest, if we had complete control over everything that was going on, we would have had no need to put our church building on the market and try to sell it to move forward. But the further that we've gone through this process over the last 14 months, the more I've realized just how much of this has been completely beyond our control. We can't control what our property is worth. The market gets to dictate that. We don't get to control how our property is zoned. The government gets to determine that. We don't have control over what groups or businesses or churches are going to be interested in our property. Those groups are the ones that get to be in control of that. And we have had no control over how long this process would take. Truth is, I don't think anybody's had much control over that. But that's just one side of this relocation equation, selling our current property. There's also not been a ton that we've had control over uh, when it comes to our move and our relocation either. We have no control over what properties are going to be available on the commercial real estate market. We have no control over what prices are going to be set by property owners or landlords. We have no control over what type of tenants these people are going to be willing to sell or to lease their properties to. We don't have much control over the situation that we found ourselves in. We don't. And that's scary, and it should make us feel a little bit anxious. And I'm fully aware that this isn't exactly what you want to hear when you come into church, when, you're, when you want to be praising God and celebrating all that God is doing. You don't want to be thinking about fear and anxiety, and you especially don't want the person who is leading you through this process admitting that it has been a scary and anxious time. But here's the thing. I'm not so sure that it's a bad thing. I don't think that it's such a bad thing that all of this situation has been out of our control. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I don't think it's a bad thing that the situation has been out of our control. It's not a bad thing because something amazing happens when you find yourself in a situation that you have no control over. When you are in a situation that you have no control over, when you are in a situation that is beyond your control, you have to rely on God to be the one that is in control. When you find yourself in a situation that is beyond your control, you have to rely on God to be the one that is in control. Now maybe you've never thought of things that way before, but I also want to tell you that's not exactly a groundbreaking revolution. Whenever the people of God throughout history have found themselves in situations that are beyond our control, we've had to rely on God to be in control. Let me show you an example of it this morning. I want you to go ahead and grab your Bibles, whether you've got a printed one like mine, app on your phone, whatever you may have. Let me encourage you to turn to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. And as you're finding Joshua chapter 6, let me just tell you a little bit about the background of this story. The story takes place during a time when things are beyond the control of Joshua and the people of Israel. God has released the people of Israel from 400 years of slavery. And now the people of Israel have spent the last 40 years wandering in the desert, waiting for God to allow them to enter into the promised land, the land that God had promised them and their ancestors. And in the book of Joshua, in the book of Joshua, the people of Israel, they are finally able to enter into the promised land. They're finally able to enter into the promised land But not long after they have entered into the promised land, they find themselves in a situation that they have absolutely no control over. As they've entered into the promised land, they come to the first city, the first settlement uh, across the Jordan River, the first place that they, as the people of Israel, as God's people who have been promised this land, the first place they have to go to conquer, to start reclaiming this land that God has given them. So they come to the city that we call Jericho. Now you may not know a whole lot about Jericho, but if there's one thing that you do know about Jericho, I bet you know that it has a wall. And when I say that Jericho has a wall, I'm not just talking about any old wall. Jericho has a wall that is so large that people are literally living within the wall of Jericho. This is how fortified the city is. So as Joshua is leading the people of Israel into the promised land, getting ready to, to wage conquest, to conquer, to claim the land that God has given them, the first place that they run, run into is an impenetrable wall surrounding a city that they have no hope of defeating. It's the first place they encounter in the promised land. The first place they have to conquer to reclaim what God has given them. But there is absolutely no way that the people of Israel are going to be able to conquer this land on their own. There's no way. They can't breach these walls, and even if they could breach these walls, there is no telling how many people would be killed in the battle just trying to do it. So the people of Israel, they are forced to rely on God. And Joshua chapter 6 tells us what God tells the people of Israel to do. Joshua chapter 6, we're going to start reading in verse 2. This is what God tells the people of Israel. The Lord said to Joshua, Look, I've given you Jericho and its king into your power, along with its mighty warriors. So circle the city with all the soldiers, going around the city one time. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven trumpets made from ram's horns in front of the chest. On the seventh day, circle the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Have them blow a long blast on the ram's horn. As soon as you hear that the trumpet blast, have all the people shout out a loud war cry. And then the city wall will collapse and the people will rise up, attacking straight ahead. All right, so the people of Israel have to rely on God because they're in a situation that they can't control. But did you hear God? Did you hear what God told the people of Israel to do? The people of Israel they're supposed to conquer the city of Jericho by walking around the city and by playing loud music and yelling. Understand, this is what God has told them to do. God wants them to walk in circles, to play loud music and to yell. That doesn't sound like a very good military strategy to me. Do you know what that sounds like? It sounds like a game of musical chairs. But this is what God has told the people of Israel to do. This is God's plan for them. And the people have found themselves in a situation that is beyond their control. So they have no choice but to rely on God's plan. And you know what happens? They walk around the walls of the city. They play that loud music. They yell when they're supposed to yell. And it actually worked. After they marched in circles, after they played their loud music, the walls of Jericho came crumbling down, just like God said it would. Almost 11 months ago, we officially put our church property on the market. And over that time, over the last 11 months, I have tried to follow the example of Joshua and the people of Israel as they stood outside the walls of Jericho. And I have tried to rely on God to be in control of this situation. But here's the thing. The people of Israel, in this situation, they knew exactly what they were relying on God to do. They knew that if they trusted in God, that the walls of Jericho would come tumbling down but God didn't exactly speak to me and tell me what to expect once our property went on the real estate market. So instead, I had to go to God with a question. I had to ask God, God, what are we relying on you to do in the situation that we have found ourselves in? What are we relying on you to do, God? And God reminded me of two promises that we see over and over again throughout Scripture. The first promise is the, the The point where it's strongest highlighted comes to us in the Gospel of Luke. In Luke chapter 4, when Jesus is explaining what he has come into this world to do. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is telling us part of his mission and purpose for being on this earth. And what he tells us in Luke chapter 4 is that he has come to proclaim release for the captives. Part of what Jesus has done is come to release the captives. Proverbs 22, verse 7, tells us that the borrower is slave to the lender. So whether we've realized it or not, we, as a church, we have been captive to our debt for the last 20 years. But God promised to set us free. He has come to release the captives. But that's not all that God promises. Because God doesn't just promise to release the captives. The second promise that I was reminded of comes from Exodus chapter 3. Now remember, the book of Exodus is the same book that tells the people of Israel, that tells us of how the people of Israel were freed from their slavery. And in Exodus chapter 3 verse 8, God tells the people this, I've come down to rescue them from the Egyptians in order to take them out of that land and to bring them to a good and a broad land, a land that is full of milk and honey. So God doesn't just promise to set us free. God promises the people of Israel that he will bring them, not just out of 400 years of slavery, but he will bring them into a better place. God will bring them into a good and a broad land, a land that is full of milk, a land that is full of honey. Or to put it another way, God promises to take the people of Israel to a land where they won't have to worry about having enough. They won't have to worry about having enough there will be plenty for them to have what they need. And I believe that God has promised us the same thing. I believe that God has promised to free us from our captivity to our debt, and I believe that God has promised to take us to a place where we don't have to worry about having enough, that we will be able to do and live and minister the way that God has called us to. The question that I've wrestled with over the last 14 months is, Will God keep his promises? Will God keep these promises? Now, I've got to tell you, for the first few weeks that our property was on the market, it's really easy to believe that God was going to keep these these promises. The truth of the matter is, when we went onto the market last February, I expected that the real estate agent was going to call me any day and that he was going to tell me about this unbelievable, incredible offer that we had just received on the property. That's not exactly how things worked out along the way. Truth of the matter is that for the first six or eight weeks that we were on the market, not much happened. There was little offer, there were no serious, no little interest, there were no serious offers. But then we got past the season of Easter, and once May hit, business started to pick up around here a little bit more. Oh, between May and August, I had dozens of showings of this property, walking through this building more times than I can count with prospective buyers. And, when this happened, when we had all of this activity, sometimes showing the property two, three times a week, I thought okay for sure this is God. This is God moving us in the right direction and these promises that we have been waiting on to be fulfilled, they're finally going to start happening. But May, June, July, August came and went. Group, business, church after group, and business and church came and went through the property and still no offers came. About that time, I started to wonder if I misunderstood what God wanted me to hear, as we sometimes do. And I started to worry, started to worry that these promises wouldn't be fulfilled. But when I started to have these feelings of fear, these feelings of anxiety, these feelings of doubt, that's when I tried to stop and go back to the story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho. And I tried to remember that Joshua had zero control over if or when the walls of Jericho would fall. All Joshua had control over was his next step. All Joshua had control over was if he and the people he led would keep moving forward. So that's what we as a church have been trying to do for the last 14 months. We've been trying to keep taking that next step. We've been trying to continue to move forward. So we have come into this place week after week. We have continued to worship God, trusting in God even in times of fear and anxiety and doubt. We have come together and we have worshipped, continuing to move forward in our relationship with God. And yeah, we've made some changes around here over the last 14 months. Uh, We've changed uh, our small groups. We've changed some of the ways that we've connected. We continue to talk about other things that need to be done that will help us continue to grow closer to God as we continue to look forward toward the future. And as we've moved forward, we've still been waiting to see the walls start to fall. Now, I told you at the beginning of the sermon that the hardest message that I ever had to preach in over 11 years of ministry was 14 months ago, when I had to stand on the stage and tell you that the time had come for us to sell our property. Well, today's message is a little bit easier for me to preach. And it's a little easier for me to preach because today I get to tell you that the walls that we've been waiting on are finally starting to crumble. This morning, I get to tell you that we have agreed in principle to sell our church property to another church here in Louisville. Now, I'm going to go into some more detail about this in a few minutes. And I know that this information is bittersweet to many of us sitting in this place. Because yes, it means that doors are opening for a brighter future, but it's also telling us that doors are closing on a 60-plus year history in this place. So I know, I know that This time can be bittersweet. But I also know that now is the time for us, as the people of God, to praise God. Now is the time for us to praise God, and we need to praise God for being in control over everything that has gone on over the last 14 months. We need to praise God for keeping His promises to us. We need to praise God for freeing us from our debts. We need to praise God for bringing us to a place where we won't have to worry about having enough in the future. We need to praise God because God has clearly been reaching out to this church during this entire situation. And God has clearly been reaching out into each of our lives as well. So for the rest of our time together this morning, I want to tell you this. Don't let anything stand between you and praising God when we are in this place. Don't let anything stand between you and truly worshiping God. Sing out like nobody's listening. Lift your hands up in praise like nobody is watching. Smile. Laugh. Celebrate. And praise God for what he's done for us. Let's pray together. God, you know that we have found ourselves in an uncertain situation over the last 14 months. You know that it has been stressful, that it has been a time of fear and anxiety for so many of us in this place. But God, today we get to look back. And we get to see that you have been faithful to us through this entire process that everything that has gone on for the last 14 months has led us to this point. This point where we get to see that the promises that you have made us have been fulfilled. That you have brought us to a point where we will be freed from our captivity to our debt. That you have brought us to this point where we can look forward to a future where we won't have to worry about having enough. So God, allow us to praise you, to celebrate you, to thank you for your faithfulness, to thank you for your leadership, to thank you for walking beside us, not only for the last 14 months, but like you've done every single day of our lives. God, we thank you. We worship you. We celebrate you. We praise you for everything that you've done for this congregation and everything that you will continue to do for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey there, it's Adam again and thank you for listening to this week's sermon. We hope that it's helped you learn a little bit more about who God is and helped you grow closer to God as well and reminded you that even when things are out of your control, God is still in control. In our next episode we're going to get back into stories from Jesus' life and we'll be exploring what Jesus has to teach us about worrying. That episode will drop next Tuesday morning and if you'll go ahead and subscribe it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And while you're in your favorite podcasting app, let me encourage you to take just a second and write a review. Your review means a lot to us and it will help other people find this podcast and grow closer to God too. So once again, thanks for listening to this week's sermon. We hope that you have a blessed week and we will see you next Tuesday.